that there is none worthy of worship except Allah and I also testify that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is Allah's final messenger to the entire humanity. We'd like to welcome you to our ninth conference insha'Allah. This conference is taking place in a time when we find there is renewed focus upon Islam and keen interest taken in Muslims. Not only by ourselves, but also by people who have not yet subscribed to the truth. And also the climate is of such a quality that there is much misunderstanding and very easily people jump to conclusions because there is a whole body at work trying to win the minds of people either towards the truth or away from the truth. And perhaps the Muslims are the ones who are trying to win the minds towards the truth but we are lacking in many aspects. Anyway, at this part of the conversation, my, uh, con conference, my main role is to welcome you all to the conference and to do a brief presentation about the organization. Uh, much of what many people have heard before because there are many familiar faces I can see in the audience. But we have to present this information year after year so at least for the new people who come, they know clearly who we are, what we are and so forth. So the first part is just a presentation uh, about ourselves, inshallah. In the second part, after, after the small break, we will be talking about Muslims of the West, the theme talk, which will be for about an hour, hour and ten minutes, inshallah. And that is more or less the program today. So let me start with this flash presentation that was put together very kindly by a brother, may Allah reward him, which talks a bit about us. And I'm going to whiz through the screen without spending too much time on each screen. A whistle-stop tour of what we are about. There are an awful lot of screens, so we don't have to spend elaborate details on each and every one of them. I'm going to briefly talk about our history. Just a line or two about where we come from, how we came about. A little bit about our experience, our achievements, if you like, and I hope Allah will forgive us and protect us from boasting or exhibiting pride, but we have to at least know that Allah has blessed us with many, many kind of achievements which we need to encourage others with, inshallah. A bit about our aims and objectives. You know, the aim is of course always to live and die as Muslim, inshallah, but within that we try to specialize in certain fields to be of benefit to one another. Activities, what do we do? We don't do everything. Some things we do well, few things we do very well, and a lot of things we do very badly. But there are some activities we do, however, and we need to talk about that, and how to get involved. So if this is old material to the brothers and sisters, I apologize, and uh, you may switch off, but uh, it might be unkind if you just left the hall. You'll put me off, and I'll get all nervous, and that's the end of the talk. So anyway, history. This point is very important that we started in 1984, but, but just by four brothers. Because what you're experiencing now is as a result of very few people coming together, but over the years how Allah blessed us with more and more righteous people and righteous conduct, so we're able to do bigger things like this, for example. So sometimes there are brothers and sisters out there 
who feel inhibited from working for Islam on account of not having the right resources, not enough people, not enough money and so forth. We needn't worry too much about that. If the ambition is there and we are inshallah guided, we refer to the Quran and the Sunnah and we have a drive within us to push ourselves forward for the truth, Allah will help us. And that's the conclusion of that historical point, inshallah. And right from the beginning, we always entertained a, an idea that we have to be independent. And many years from then, now, we realize the fruits of that. Because over the years, we have found how organizations, charitable or otherwise, are sometimes thought to be manipulated by people who may donate funds, or who may not donate funds, but they have political interests and so forth. But certainly now we find that nobody can point an accusing finger at us saying, you are exhibiting some foreign trend in our British nation. And we'll talk about British nation and all that a bit later, inshallah. And of course, primarily, we have to be focused on Tawheed, and that was our simple goal. Right from the beginning, that we are going to be unpretentious about stuff. We don't have to pretend and make believe. We are what we are, and the core matter is Tawheed. Everything springs from that. When the Tawheed is compromised, everything else becomes tarnished or compromised. Of course, you know, there are interpretations about many, many things, but one sure way of trying to be on the straight path is to try and emulate the beliefs and practices of those who have been, who have been recommended by both Allah and His Messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, the Salaf of Salihin. That's why the reference to the early pious generations. So our experience taught us that although we may try very hard to work without a name even, to avoid partisanship, hizbiya, it doesn't work. People do become infected, whether ourselves or others view us as such. We have this great disease in ourselves that we, whereby it seems we can't avoid but think in terms of groupism, my party, your party. So that's an ongoing battle, but we have tried to avoid it. But those are the main points regarding the experience that a simplicity and direct approach is always the best approach. And you'll find that always in our activities. Even at this conference, the speakers are chosen who speak with clarity, they deal with the matter at hand directly, referring to the Qur'an and the Sunnah, and are beat about the bush. You know, if something we don't want to say or can't say, we won't say. Instead of like pouring in a lot of unnecessary words and clogging up the hearts and minds. Self-dependence is there, sacrifice is there, and most importantly, confidence. Many of us lack confidence. And that is clearly seen in the way we behave when trouble starts. Of course, post 9-11, the tragedy that happened in the States with the bombing of the WTC, of course, many Muslims have openly exhibited certain tendencies or compromises which only shows that they are not confident about Islam. In other words, they lack faith. Or we don't have deep enough understanding of faith. That's what I mean. We have to have confidence. What Allah has promised, what the Messenger وسلم, has promised, will happen, will come to pass. All in good time, according to the plan of Allah, it will happen. A time will come when Islam will prevail across the entire globe, whether we like it or not, whether we support it or not. A time will come when all of us will have to stand in front of Allah and be judged, whether we want it or not. Non-Muslims, generally speaking, are going to be thrust into the hellfire in groups. Of course, Allah is just and merciful. Those who have been given the message before, they're going to be tried accordingly. 
and those who have not been given the message before, they are going to be tried accordingly. But generally speaking, it will come to pass. Non-Muslims being led into hellfire in chains, and perhaps many Muslims going to hellfire. But in the end, if we have confidence, we know that as Muslims, if we can live and die on that, inshallah, by the grace and mercy of Allah, we shall go to a place of eternal happiness to live, live there forever and ever without end, enjoying life. And our conclusions over the years, 84 we started, so it's about almost 20 years we've been operating now, first five, six years without a name, is that no matter what we say, what we do, the most important thing is to try to be practically relevant to people's lives. That's the most fulfilling thing we can do. Try and help in a way which brings real benefit, however small. We can write tomes and produce volumes of work you know, in academic research and refutation and argumentation. But in the end, if it doesn't affect people's lives, what was the point of it all? If not waste of time, it was you know, many things done in vain. So here are some of the achievements. I mean, how do you put a price to a person coming to the deen at your hands? That's an honor. Allah grants the honor to a person that at his hands, through his work, perhaps somebody comes to the deen. So there have been over the years many reverts, not one or tens or hundreds, many more. Directly, indirectly. We could say perhaps thousands. Da'wah centers in various parts of this country, mosques and so forth. And as a necessity, none of them carry the name Jimas, and they shouldn't. It's not a Hizbiya thing, you see. In our local community we grow up, we become fired up by Islam, we are motivated, we get organized, we establish a school or a mosque and a project like that. It doesn't have to carry our name. Why should it? But the effects are there. The fruits we are all, inshallah, tasting. Bookshops, publishing houses, charity work, both home and abroad. And of course, one of the uh, byproducts was invitation to Islam in the UK streets. You know, dawah tables and so forth. And students who have completed various degrees of education, both home and abroad, and through sponsorship or through being zealous for the deen and so forth. And finally, introduction of speakers and scholars. That's very important. That we have to keep up this effort of providing competent speakers or teachers who have knowledge to the English-speaking community. Very important because, as if, if you have been noticing the press and uh, the political coverage in the media, we will not fail to notice there is a certain attention now being paid to a type of Islam they say breeds extremism. Rightly or wrongly? I'm not going to produce a judgment on that in this talk. It's only a presentation about Jimas. But there is a focus on that and a study taking place and what makes people to behave irrationally. And they're trying to identify that as it were, it seems people who are surely placed on the path of Tawheed. You can call it whatever you like. You can call them Sunnis, you can call them Wahhabis, you can call them whatever you like. Call them tables and chairs. The terms is not important. The point is, if you cover the, scour the pages of the media, listen to what's going on, there is a distinct focus on trying to make the people who talk about and explain Tawheed as the ones who are causing the problems in the balance of things on earth. So it's very important that we keep up this introduction of speakers and scholars. Their work has all, many of the works are already available through books and tapes and CDs. Perhaps there will be a clampdown through labeling you know, and so forth. But we have to keep it up. What are our objectives? 
Well, first and foremost, of course, we have to try to be engaged in da'wah. That's one of the chief reasons why we exist in a country like this. Allah, out of his kindness and out of his wisdom, made us to be Muslims in Britain. It's not by accident we are here. You know, whether we chose to be here, we were born here, we came as immigrants, asylum seekers, refugees, or for jobs, in the end, according to Allah's decree. And here we are, Muslims, interested in the deen, and we are in Britain. Not by chance, by the decree and wisdom of Allah, and by His kindness, because it affords us opportunities which others in Muslim countries cannot even dream about. And some scholars even talk about how we are in a situation which may be comparable to like being the companions in a time when they were surrounded by a sea of people in jahiliyyah, ignorance. The opportunity is there for da'wah and the reward we can reap if we are sincere. Phenomenal. To provide the means for Muslims to realize recurring charities, sadaqa jariya, in the field of education, da'wah and relief. So most of our work is geared towards that when we do da'wah. That through the experience and activities of da'wah, we can gain reward from Allah which is ongoing. Carries on and on and on till the end of time. The good effects are multiplied, many people take it up and in turn others take it up. And all of those good rewards come back to those who are part participating in these small deeds. Insha'Allah ta'ala. So recurring charity is one of the special attention we, 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 we place. To facilitate and develop better understanding and practice of Islam, that has to be qualified, of course, meaning in the community that you live, in the context that we are operating. And if we are back in another country, say in Pakistan, in a village, that will take a slightly different meaning than if you are in a university in London, perhaps. Just like when we are cultivating a garden, we not only provide sunlight, we also do weeding. We have to root out pests and stuff like that. Same way we have to also pay equal attention to purifying ourselves from false practices or innovations and, and bad ideas about Allah, let's say. Defects in the creed, misconceptions and so forth. So we, some of our talks, books, publications kind of are orientated towards that goal as well. We try and promote cooperation and unity amongst Muslims as every Muslim group would claim and of course uh, and I'm sure they do inshallah to the, in, their, in their ways. And we also try and cultivate brotherhood. So theoretically, it should be quite simple and easy to all coalesce together and merge together and, and become like one united body. It doesn't happen. And that's the reality. And there are 101 reasons for that. But at least we can state openly with sincerity and honesty, this is one of our goals and ambitions. And we do work towards that. And to add real value. As Muslims in Britain, we have to add real value to British society. Whether it's through Islamization of knowledge, something philosophical like that, or something quite practical, like you know, helping out um, a charity organization, where the Muslims are not taking part, but there's a non-Muslim group operating in that field. Maybe providing, um, I don't know, wheelchairs, or automatic, uh, or automatic scooters for the disabled people. Maybe there's only one non-Muslim organization doing that. Maybe we can team up with them. But to add real value and to seek out and merge our efforts. And I have to underline the word complementary because you know, there are many organizations producing books. Yes, we should be at one with them. But there's an organization doing something which we don't do. We love to hear about them and see how we can support them and they support us. So 
complementary organizations, activities all meld together, and we have a, a holistic kind of greater whole approach and result, inshallah. One organization I would like to mention, for example, would be the Muslim Women's Helpline. I don't sit on their shura, I'm not part of their committee, but I have the deepest admiration for their work. Because they're doing something which is badly needed, quite voluntarily, with a lot of sacrifice. I never attend any of their meetings, none of us do. But we always like to be in touch with them and promote their work and, and give them money and so forth. Because they're helping out women in distress, Muslim women in distress in this country. From a helpline to finding accommodation or consolation or showing sympathy, whatever it may be. We don't do it, I can't do it. So complementary organizations are what we really grab at, you know, more than just others who are doing things that we are already doing anyway. So our activities basically are, first and foremost, we start with the biggest uh, biannual conferences. But of course, that has now become annual from this year. So last year we had a conference. You can buy these tapes and CDs. That's my advertising for it, you know, out there. But we are also doing um, uh, annual conferences from this year, inshallah ta'ala. As long as Allah permits us, because the ways, way things are changing, we might not be able to operate in this manner, and not at this scale perhaps. That's where we are. That's the kind of very faded map of the site. And this year's conference, as you know, is Muslims of the West contributing to our society. And it wasn't chosen in a haphazard manner or lightly. The title and theme and the talks were chosen so that we can walk out from this conference, having attended it, with a special, you know, orientated, focused feeling, understanding about what it means to be a Muslim in, in Britain, at least, if not in Europe. And how we should really be fired up with a kind of zeal, enthusiasm to try and contribute, you know. We can moan, we can complain, and if I sit down, I'm sure you can encourage me to find, you know, unending list of complaints about the society we live in. That's not our goal. You know, we'll mention some of those, but that's not our goal. What the problems in this country are our problems if we are citizens of this country. And how as a Muslim can I then contribute? So those are some of the ideas that we are going to try and tackle hopefully successfully, if not, at least then it will be a springboard for further exploration, inshallah ta'ala. We'll be here for about three, four days. We'll spend three nights together, inshallah. We need to be patient. I think the worst is now over. Registration is always the worst phase. You know, there are long queues and delays in traffic and keys missing and so forth. And that reminds me, I'm, I'm, I'm told by the stewards to mention that the brothers and sisters, they know they're sharing rooms. You mustn't lock your room and walk away. And what does your roommate do? They can't get in. And we can't call the porter every five minutes to come and use his master key to open the doors. So yes, we are worried about security now. Will our stuff get stolen or not? But we have to be careful that we are not going to shut out people and cause unending problems of, you know, with this infrastructure. So a lot of patience is needed, a lot of graceful behavior, inshallah. Having said that, you might find me to be the worst in behavior because I'm snapping all the time due to, let's say, pressure. We do seminars. We've done quite a few last year. Not so many this year, for understandable reasons. Firstly, the speakers are restricted from attending lectures or flying abroad and so forth, due to, you know better than I do perhaps. But we try and do seminars regularly every year, every two, three months, with external speakers who can talk better, explain better key ideas and concepts, inshallah, like um, Iman uh, and so forth. The, the Usul al-Thalatha was the, one of them. Or Kashful Shubuhat, we went to the books, book, some of the books by famous scholars explaining them, for example. Sheikh Salim al is, of course, going to be uh, one of our speakers giving two talks during this event, inshallah ta'ala. 
And this year only, however, we only done one. That was by Sheikh Wajid Al Ghazawi, who talked about talked about the six articles of faith, a two-day seminar. Again, you can buy the tapes and CDs outside. But that's for the first time, I think, in Britain, any any group have organised a two-day seminar explaining the six articles of faith. It's very important we grab hold of this information while we can, inshallah. What else do we do? Well, we produce lots of books. What's so special about our books? Well, first of all, it is important, and you might disagree, and you have a right to disagree, we make sure the books always reflect the authentic teachings of Islam. Well, who wouldn't say that? Everybody would say that. But no, there are scholars who specialize in authenticating hadith, for example. They take, they take special pains to make sure the material they quote are actually vetted to be authentic, trustworthy, reliable in the Sharia. So we are really very focused on that, that the hadith that are used in the books and talks are at least approved of by muhaddithun to be authentic and so forth. The second thing is all our books, because it's a charity organization, we want to facilitate knowledge, we want to make it easy for people to buy and read, and we want people to have them. Our books are priced to be the lowest of their kind in the UK. You know, we hardly make any profit. Some are given away free or half price. Our aim is to recuperate the costs so we can produce more books. But they have a cost. Otherwise, everything grinds to a halt, as you can imagine. Well, some books are needed to be reprinted and we can't and so forth. And some publications we, are, we plan to print in the future. What are they? One book by a famous sheikh, Sheikh Abdul Rahman Abdul Khalik. May Allah preserve him, grant him a long life. A book called Asirat clarifies many of the misunderstanding or complications we have brought about in the straightforward religion or deen of Islam. Clarification of what counsels Islam is very relevant because nowadays when people are, some of us, only too eager to please or appease, not to be seen to be an extremist. And Islam does not condone extremism as you know fully well. You know, there is no extremism in any teaching in the Prophet, by the Prophet wasallam. You know, some people are going overboard in the fundamentals, in the primary principles. What happens then? Whether we are takfiris or not, and we shouldn't be, they do end up perhaps becoming kafirun. Imagine, we thought we were pleasing Allah and we are trying to be diplomatic or wise and, and you know, like skirting around, and we end up and question on the Day of Judgment for having lost faith altogether, for compromising a principle of Islam. And that's liable to happen. It has happened to a number of people in this country whom I know personally. Clarification of what cancelled Islam. That book is ready, by the way, uh, awaiting to go to press after due editing or cleaning up the English or polishing it. Excellence of the knowledge of our righteous forefathers is very important because as the days go by, we're getting further and further removed from the understanding that we have to have deep admiration for the very people at whose hands Islam was initiated and spread. The Salaf al-Salihin. What was their understanding? Why did they have the, such type of understanding? What's the value of their method and so forth? So that book by Ibn Rajab, a classical scholar, and that's still waiting to be translated, is halfway done, I think. You know. This book is now out. You should be able to buy this book on, on the stalls, inshallah. The Quran and the Orientalists, a brief survey of the assumptions. This book is now available and has been printed already, alhamdulillah. Akhidat Hawiyah, made easy. Why? Because it's aiming to cater for 12 to 20-year-olds, or 18-year-olds, inshallah. That book has also been fully translated and waiting. And the final one is a word-for-word meaning of the Quran. It's coming out in volumes. There's come five volumes been printed so far. 
The rest have, has all been completed now. I can safely say Alhamdulillah. So all of it is now done, waiting to be printed inshallah. So much progress has been made. Alhamdulillah. We do study circles and lectures, universities and colleges, all over the place. There's no need to read through all these kind of town names. London. Currently, there are talks being held on Sundays at Manor Park, Southall, Pinner, Brixton and East Ham and other places on a weekly basis or on, on odd occasions, but many, many other cities and, and towns are also uh, addressed, inshallah. Audio cassettes, we produce thousands of them. I think more than 20,000, that's a false figure now. It's more, more like 30,000 now. Many has been given out and you know, sold and so forth. Again, talks of lectures which are in good, easy, distinct English, inshallah. What else do we do? Well, CD production. We do lots and lots of CD production. We have about 2,000 being brought to this conference alone. And these CDs are produced at great cost. They only cost £1.50, but that's fine. That's the average price for a CD nowadays for an Islamic talk. But the point is there's about £4,000 worth of machinery behind it, and we haven't recovered the cost. And there's cost of printing as well and so forth. So really, they are subsidized highly. Again, so that the knowledge would spread. And we take the knowledge and pass it on and so forth, inshallah. And we produce videos and, uh, and distribute them as well. Okay, what do we do? We have a news magazine. There was one left on your seat for free. They are totally free. You know, and they, they can be mailed in bulk. If you're interested, you can always contact Jima's address or that special email there. And we'll be happy to send you quantities of them for local distribution. They don't carry the Jima's name. So don't, no, no, no worries about any part of your group. It's a very general, family-orientated Simple reminder about Islam. Find it useful, distribute. If you don't find it useful, no problem. You know. But they are free. Islamic mail. And we have two websites. Jima's, uh, the organization one, and the one that we recommend for Islamic information, inshallah. Islam.com We do have free literature, not available anymore. They're all gone. But hopefully after the conference, if we have money left over after paying the bills, Inshallah, we shall reprint some of those, if not others as well. But we do uh, distribute free literature. At the moment, you can get a brief illustrated guide to Islam from us. If you're distributing non-Muslims, then it's free. Uh, to Muslims or organizations like uh, ISOC, uh, University ISOC, then for a pound each, Inshallah. Dao in prison, that always brings a lot of fruit, because many people in prison tend to uh, reflect a lot about their lives and seem to gravitate towards Islam much more easily. And within a period of one year, you know, inshallah, we had about eight or nine conversions or reversions, whatever the right word is. People accepted the faith just within a year. And that's nice to see because it usually happens through the agency of the chaplaincy. So the Christian clergy is there and then they actually facilitate the Muslim to come in and then through your Jumu'ah lecture and study circles, what you do, many of the inmates then instead of becoming Christians, you know, and saying thank you to the vicar, turn to Islam. Alhamdulillah. We do zakah and sadaqah distribution. Uh, zakah we keep separate from sadaqah. We are very particular about zakah. We only concentrate on the categories mentioned in the Quran. So we would not take zakat money, for example, to build a school. Although there might be scholars saying you can. We wouldn't take zakat money, for example, to uh, build an orphanage uh, in, uh, for non-Muslims in this country. Although some scholars would say you can. You know? So we try to stick to the classical, clear-cut, non-controversial categories, inshallah after due assessment. 
But the point is we give priority to those deserving in the UK because it should really be dispensed first and foremost to our friends and neighbours in the country or the neighbourhood that we live in before reaching out abroad unless, of course, the necessity from abroad is of such dire consequence, you know, needed, need. Anyway, this is one of the things we do. Zakat, there's no overhead because uh, there is nobody gets paid in this job and all overheads are met from our own Jima's budget or our own pockets and stuff like that. So if your zakat money has to be given to somebody and there's money involved in posting, the postage cost won't even come from the zakat fund. So 100% your zakat will go, inshallah, to the rightful person, inshallah. Which is something I would like to say because most organizations can't guarantee that, unfortunately. You know, much of the overheads are spent from the zakat itself. And I'm not saying it's wrong. They have to be paid, they're working, they need to pay. I'm not saying it's wrong. Then the only thing is that we don't have to have any money taken out of that for our own overheads, inshallah. We do often support. Mostly now in Bangladesh, <clears throat> because there is a committee called Bangladesh Masjid Committee. And, I, and when I went there a couple of years ago, I was charmed by a certain personality there that they are working so dedicated to this cause with a focus on countering the work of the missionaries who are there. These missionaries, as you know, they have this habit of going to impoverished areas with their handouts and gifts and amenities to help. But at the same time, of course, this help is tied to converting people, winning over to their faith and the salvation of Christ and all that. So there are many, many uh, poor people in Bangladesh, one of the poorest countries in the world. Not because the land is poor, but because the economic policies are such, it ensures they are always in poverty. And what that means is that the missionaries target these orphans pick them up on the streets and take them to their churches and what have you, and you know the result what happens. So this organization is trying to take them away and give them fosterage. Like find Muslim village families who will then look after the orphans and be given some money you know, to look after the extra mouth they have to feed, kind of thing. So that's what we are trying to help and support inshallah ta'ala. It's a very focused thing we do. We cooperate, as I said, with other organizations. IAEP stands for Islamic Association an awareness and education project based in Swindon. They do marvelous work in schools. They visit hundreds of schools and invited by the head teachers and so forth and lay on presentations, exhibitions and so on, talks to five-year-olds, six-year-olds, you know, and they show a lot of you know, positive response from the teachers down to the little you know, kiddies as well. Muslim Women's Help, and I've referred to already, Orphan Aid is an organization based in Nottingham who are working in Kenya mainly, Africa, also again in, in charity. AFI is Answering for Islam. Utruj is another organization by Sheikh Haytham. And the City Circle is something based in London. They do lots of complementary work as well. But we give them lots of money and stuff like that and you know, promote them and so on. Mexico. You might have seen a little press coverage of a brother called Omar Weston. I mentioned his name quite openly. Uh, who works in Mexico. There was an article talking about how there is a divide and a contention between two classes of Muslims in Mexico, the Salafi-oriented Muslims, Omar Western, and the Sufi-oriented Muslims of uh, Abdul Qadir al-Darqawi, Sufiya, the Al-Murabitun group, and so on. Whatever the reasons behind it, they wrote this article, they're under focus, but the people in Mexico, they need a lot of help, they're open to Islam, and we thought we could support them, and we're able to, so we got a, we put a foot in there as well. Okay, we also donate to non-Muslims, by the way. So we're not only for Muslims, quite a few. I would like, just like to mention about Willesden Judo Club. You know what happened? Uh, after 
a group of four judo clubs went to France for a competition none by non, run by non-Muslims the instructor is a non-Muslim lady and they went to and they had Muslim and non-Muslim kiddies going along there was a one girl who went along to France for this competition and she was wearing hijab and she wouldn't take her hijab off so she's got a gi on and a hijab as well and she's going to do a judo in that and the French you know are very sensitive and touchy about hijab and scarves and you know what's happening in their schools and so on they wouldn't allow her to compete so the entire judo club with all their pupils withdrew and gave the medals back you know? and we said this is wonderful we have to thank them so then they said well, what we'd like to do this judo contacted them the, 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 the lady she said what we need to do is to actually give a medal in exchange to all the pupils because they deserve it for the gallantry kind of thing so we sponsored that we send them the money to buy the medals that's all that's what I mean by adding value and this is how we have to keep our eyes and minds open so we can get involved and win hearts at the very least inshallah Nuyumbani is a Kenyan organization uh, non-Muslim but they, they deal with AIDS infected orphans babies okay. so this kind of things inshallah ta'ala cancer research and other kind of medical stuff as well we, we have supported inshallah ta'ala ok donations we have made I, I don't want to spend too long on this there's a brief idea with this past your eyes I think that should be enough you know, no, no need to dwell on them too long so let's close that we make donations some, some in four or five thousand pounds but also all the money comes from your contributions and from the sales of books and tapes and that's it and this is a conference just to give an idea of the, uh, the costs involved in laying out an, a, a venture like this inshallah the accommodation costs and these are all mentioned there blow by blow just to give us an idea inshallah and of course we're charging you five, 35 pounds per head and some of you feel that maybe it's too much and so on but I think we need to understand that uh, if you were to find accommodation outside this place of course you have to sleep on the floor and stuff but still you know, I don't think we'll have for 35 pounds you know, three day accommodation and the meals and the infrastructure everything you know, all rolled into one it's a flat fee we charge but all the money is for charity and so the grand total is something between 70 and 75,000 pounds which we have to recover you know? so it's not, not paying for knowledge we're paying to help ourselves all together you know, participate in a gathering like this for the atmosphere and everything to gain some knowledge inshallah so it's not like do we have to pay for knowledge one brother was saying no you know, not paying for knowledge. Knowledge is priceless. We're paying for the halls, you know, the building, inshallah. So this, this is our motto. Let us help one another in righteousness and piety. If we can hold hands together and do some things, let us do so. We don't have any membership. I get a lot of emails from Africa, unfortunately, because we can't respond. Now I want to be your member. And how can I join? Well, we can't help you. You can't help us, really. But we hardly get any kind of volunteers in, from Britain. So there's no membership and we don't get any funds from anybody. No government, no NGOs, not even from Muslim organizations. We don't take it as a principle. There's nothing wrong with taking it. If you want to take it, fine. We don't. It keeps things clean and leaves us free to say what we want to say and what we want to do. The only people who can stop us are going to be the enemies of Islam, not Muslims, inshallah. No one is paid and we, are, we want to cooperate fully with everybody, inshallah. You know, of course, there are going to be exceptions. There are always exceptions to everything, you know, because not everybody are on this so-called straight path. We have our problems and defects, but some are really way off the straight path. And we can't really hold hands with them at this stage. But generally speaking, you know, we don't care. And if you're, whether you're Hanafi or Shafi or Diobandi or, you know, 
whatever group you belong to, you know, you know, these things that don't worry us, bother us. You know, does he wear? Does he have a beard? Doesn't doesn't he have a beard? You know, look, you know, we don't have this problem at all. We don't want to be involved in that. But certain aqidah principles, fundamentals, we can't compromise on those. So, how do we get involved? Very simply, help us in the projects we have identified. You can help us develop an effective network. One of the problems we face every conference time, I never have an effective network. I have to put out an email to a thousand people saying, can you help? And 20 people respond back saying, yes, we will. Others say, take me off your list. and get too many emails. You know, why don't volunteer and say, okay, I won't do anything all the year, but come, come conference time, I will distribute your flyers in my local mosque. That's all I will do. That's fine. I'll put a name down, an address, a contact, phone number. That's our network growing, inshallah. Maybe somebody can say, well, I have a local bookshop. I'll, I can sell you a CD and make some money. Well, let's make a deal. You know, I'll give you this tape for one pound, this one for one fifty. This is what I mean by a network. There should be like a cooperation, you know, countrywide, growing up like that. And if we can't do any of those, well, you can contribute. I mean, you can contribute five pounds a month for working brothers, surely. It's not a big, big problem. I'm sure it's not a big problem, difficult to contribute five, ten pounds a month. You know, and it's for Sadaka Jariya. You know what we do. All the accounts are open. You can check our bank statements. You can, you know, look at our reports. It's not a problem. But people don't contribute enough. What else can we do? Well, we can get involved by helping to find outlets for our productions. Books, videos, tapes, CDs, and so forth. Well, how about just distributing the Muslim, the magazine, Islamic Mail? You know, if it contains worthless material, tell us. At best, it's going to be boring stuff or heard it before. But it might be a reminder to somebody who has just, you know, was sitting by and put the magazine, read something, and say, oh, well, that was nice. And help us to grow the email list. Because many people fail to understand about the conference itself because they were not on the email list, that we had stopped taking reservations two weeks ago for families. Or that one week ago I apologized for putting out, due to an error, application forms so late when the house was already full, as it were. These kind of things. Email list and volunteer general in our activities. So, that's all I have to say. We will take a break, inshallah, for about 15-20 minutes. Then we'll come back and then we'll resume the, the, the theme talk for this conference, inshallah. Try to be back in 15 minutes if you can. Jazakumullah khairan. Subhanakallahumma alhamdulillah.